right. Welcome back to another episode of the Five of Fierce and Fit podcast. My name is Monica Crawford. I am here today with Laura of Five Mental Health. And without further ado, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do, your background, whatever you feel is important. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, first of all, 5050, obviously this was meant to be. Um, so at 50 Mental Health, the main um, kind of mission is to do one, things like this, which is connect people to different resources that are, you know, culturally competent and make sense in our field. Um, also, we provide different trainings um, tailored to different apartments, whatever you may need. My main uh, mission is to implement mandatory wellness checks within departments. Um, the police culture, as you know, is super reactive and not proactive. So we kind of like to wait until, you know, something's real bad. And then we tell someone go to peer support and half the time peer support, people don't want to talk to peer support or that's really when like shit has hit the fan. So the goal is if we implement these wellness checks and kind of have it, um, be completed by a culturally competent clinician who's just outside of your department, but you know, Hey, once, twice a year, whatever your department wants, I know I'm going to sit down and meet with Laura and I'm going to talk about these things and I'm going to unload and it's just going to be normalized. And, you know, ideally, ideally it's like part of in-service, right? Like, you know, you have to do yearly in-service. Well, this is part of it. And so from command staff down, everyone would be required to go in my mind. And um, I know there's union barriers to that, but that's something to work on. Um, and then the department just gets back a list of participants. There's nothing else. There's, it's a, you know, there's HIPAA involved. There's no one else is getting any other information. Um, so, it, you know, we find that that, I think, decreases a lot of the stuff that you see along the way, such as, you know, officer suicides. If you think about it, people are maybe upset or catching stuff at work or they're having a rough time in their home life and there's just no really like safe emotional place that they can reside. And so we're seeing, you know, over the years, like I know I know several people, I'm sure you do as well, who have, you know, killed themselves um unfortunately my uh lieutenant killed himself he hanged himself a couple of years ago um and he was had 22 years in um and it's just a lot of these things are avoidable a lot of the problems first responders have in terms of you know ptsd depression anxiety all of that can be mitigated by having having your department support you and have things in place where you're allowed to unload these things along the way and not just when something is deemed to be critical. Um, Cause the other problem with that is what's critical to me may not be critical to you, right? Maybe you've been to a million, you know, hangs or whatever, and it no longer bothers you and it's fine. And for whatever reason I go that day and it hits me wrong and, um, or I have something going on in my personal life and, you know, something just happened and I go to a scene that's supposed to be normal, but I totally internally am, I'm losing it. Like I should have a place where it's safe for me to know that I have someone to contact. And right now there's in most departments in Massachusetts anyways, we don't have, we don't have that. That's awesome. I like that a lot. So you, you brought up peer support. How is, is what you do different or similar to peer support? Well, I guess, yeah, that's a good question. It, I guess, Similar, because in a way I am, I guess, a peer. I have, you know, I've been 
I got on in 2012. Um, unfortunately, I got medically retired after um, some shoulder surgery, some incidents at work. Um, and so I got medically retired. And I, prior to getting on, I had my master's in social work and I um, have obtained my um, independent licensure. So I am not I'm a peer in the respect that, you know, I you're not going to have to sit down and explain the job to me because I understand the job. I've still been in the cruiser over a decade. So um, I have that aspect where, you know, it's not going to feel weird to talk about things uh, with me. But I have on the uh, mental health side, um, that's also my background. So it would be a private private conversation and... Ideally, I would have more insight than, you know, just someone you're friends with since I, you know, have trained in that extensively. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes me wonder. I've never I've never gone through the peer support route because my experience with what was our peer support team was like a gossip circle. Um, yeah, that's why people don't want to go. Yeah, I'm sure that's a concern most everywhere because um, I actually had that happen to me. I had. I voiced to like one person in peer support. Like I, I think I knew somebody who had committed suicide and it wasn't an officer. It was just like a civilian and it happened in our city. And I was like, that's crazy. Like I knew, I knew it was like a female who had taught in our Academy. It was like her husband or something like that. Um, yeah. And I just mentioned it in conversation. I wasn't like personally affected by it. But then that night, like someone else on peer support was like, I'm so sorry that like, that, 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 like went into detail. And first off, I was like, how does he even know about this? Like I mentioned it to one person and second of all, like yeah. this was not even like a big deal. Like it was literally just a conversation with somebody of, oh, wow. Like I kind of know, like kind of know those people like third party yeah. experience, but yeah. um, I don't know. Peer support always freaked me out, but I guess another good question is, I mean, have, have you had experience with those peer support counselors or do they have, is it just like a regular counselor? Or do they have like a, any sort of tie to law enforcement or first responders at all? Yeah, so peer support are typically officers. Um, that's, I mean, from I don't, and this may range from states or departments or whatever, but they're officers okay. that have like different training that are still peers, but they're not mental health experts. Okay. I and guess then I'm the thinking... other thing is, and then the other, sorry, the other thing is, you know, the option would be basically like um, EAP, which... Do you guys have EAP? Yeah. Which yeah. here, like EAP means uh, expose and punish, essentially. Like that's another one people don't want to use because you don't know the guy that you're being told to call. Like he probably doesn't understand anything having to do with law enforcement, you know, and essentially EAP is hired and working for your city or town. So I don't know. There's just there's just barriers, you know and using those things. And I'm sure they work great for some people and some people probably had really good success. It's not like a black and white thing, but I think at the end of the day, having a department that you know is gonna support your mental health and your wellness um, would be amazing. I don't know what that's like, <laughs> but I feel like it would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm getting confused because I here we have first responder support services, which sounds kind of like what you have set up, but I think it's a counselor that they actually go to. I know it's a similar thing where they just like give the agency like a bill. I don't know if it has the names on it or whatever, but um, even still, I, I've always been leery about going to somebody that's like tied to your department one way, shape or form, because it's like yeah. you, you worry about getting ostracized for it. Mm -hmm. So 
what are so your organization five oh mental health is that something that like a department head will contact you and bring you in to set up the structure yeah yep i, I basically i would go in and talk to them and tell them how it works and kind of go through exactly what i would go through with you know whoever's on the job that's coming in to me and basically it's a checklist of different things it's a com sitting down having a conversation kind of like evaluating where you are right now today and then providing you with a bunch of different resources so maybe you don't need it today you don't need it tomorrow maybe like two years from now you're like oh my gosh I'm in a shitty place and I remember I have all these resources or I remember I can ask Laura how do I get into that place like maybe I want to go somewhere for a week maybe I need to go to warrior path or boulder crest or maybe I just need like outpatient help or maybe I'm starting to feel like I'm drinking a bunch and I just might need to like talk about that some more it's like it's like having the information right it's half the battle so I think it that's part of it too is like going through the stuff having the conversation I'm pretty blunt and so and validating in an appropriate way but also you know like just to say like hey man like it sounds like you're like it's really shitty right now. And maybe, you know, you might want to take a look at these things. I don't know. You usually people know, like, you know, like we have the answers like within us. And sometimes like, it's like, we need someone a little outside perspective to kind of say like, okay, I don't even know you. And you're telling me a, B and C, like maybe you do want some extra support right now. Or if you don't right now, that's totally fine. But here's a list of places and people and names that like, if you do down the road, you have this. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I mean, I, I've been a huge advocate for mental health. And that was even before I got into law enforcement, because I also started I have a background in mental health. I worked as like a case manager for a mental oh, health cool. facility um, for my first year out of college, um, just with a master's in criminal justice instead of social work. So pretty similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's, I guess, what would be your advice for somebody who wants to reach out to someone like you, but maybe on the fence? I I look at it as like two things like one like what do you really have to lose reaching out and having a conversation is not gonna determine if you're fit for duty or not like that's not gonna happen and and really you don't have to give if you just reach out you don't have to give anything about yourself you don't have to say your name you don't have to say your department like your department doesn't have to know like that's fine um and also I would challenge someone even if in what you're doing like okay, well, maybe you're not ready now. And maybe that's something worse. Like we, you learned in grad school, right? Like you're supposed to meet someone where they are and whatever, but eh, I don't know. I think people need to be challenged a little bit. And I say, I would say kind of like, okay, well, what day is a good day for change? When's the easiest day for change? Is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? Like no good day is the easiest day for change. Like you just can make the decision one day and you just fucking do it. You know, and then you put in the effort and you see. And if you reach out to somebody and I say you have a couple sessions with them, you know, maybe three, maybe four, whatever, and you're just not like feeling it, then you find someone else. It's like dating, but therapy, you know, like not everybody is going to be everybody's match. I It took me a long time to find someone I really like. Um, but now, I mean, that I would never, I would never switch people because she's so good. And I think that another thing that's important is if you do reach out, tell them what your expectations are. Tell them what you want. I told my lady right off the bat, I said, listen, 
I don't, I want your advice. I want you to challenge me. I want you to tell me that I am wrong. And I, I said, it's not helpful for me for you to just sit there and be like, oh, it sounds like you're sad. Oh yeah, that must be hard. Like I, that doesn't work. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't give that to someone else. So if that's what they needed, they also shouldn't come to me. But I mean, I had therapy last week and she said to me, she literally, I started laughing because she goes, well, you fucked that up. And I was dying because she was 100% right. But I was like, all right, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but I mean, I've been with her now for a year and a half. So they probably shouldn't tell you that the first couple of times. But like, you got to, you, it's like a, it's a relationship, right? So like, if I need something from her, I need to tell her what I need. That's my responsibility as the client. If I, if my expectation is that she's just going to do all these things, I'm telling you right now, they're not, they don't tell you to do that in grad school. They tell you to like validate and active listening and all this stuff. And that's great. But we are a weird population that needs more or typically and not everyone, but I think a lot of people want more like straightforwardness. They want advice. They want, you know, all these things. So making sure that they can, they can give you what you need is also important because you don't want to feel like you're wasting your time. You know, and you can find some, ask them if they, they have first responder training. What do they know about first responders? How do they feel? I mean, also like my lady is not a first responder, but she was in the army forever. So like she gets the vein of what we do, you know? So finding somebody that's culturally competent, I think is also important. Yeah. I love all those points that you brought up. I've, I've been to, I think I've only ever had two different counselors because before I moved to Tulsa, I was in the Ohio area. So I saw somebody up there, but that's why I chuckle because it's like the, the open-ended like reflective statements that you're like, you sound sad. And I was like, I kind of had somebody like that. You're like, thanks. Was, that's why yeah. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, no secret. I mean, she, yeah. She would kind of guide me to different conclusions, I guess, or whatever. Like it still was beneficial, but at the same time, she used to apologize for having like a reaction of something that I would say, especially if it was like, something she disagreed with and then she'd be like oh I'm sorry I'm not supposed to do that I was like no please like give me something <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you have to it's like if we if you don't tell someone what your expectation is don't expect them to guess we've all done that in relationships and therapy and it doesn't work in either of those places so just be straightforward yeah. I would say but I don't think that people have anything to lose like if you're feeling like shit or you just have things piling up like it's going to come out sideways at your family reunion this summer when you're camping, when you have like six too many Bud Lights, like that's what's going to happen. So just deal with it as it unfolds, you know, don't let it pile up. And I, I say that as a person who like did that, I did do that and it has not been enjoyable and there's way more to unpack when you don't do it as you should. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a couple people who come to mind. And like I mentioned before we started recording, I've had a handful of women come to me lately with like similar experiences of like, whether it's like toxic work environment or sexual harassment, or just like being on eggshells at work all the time. Like, do you have um, maybe like three tips that come to mind of somebody who's in an environment like that to help like be proactive with mental health? So, I, I mean, in like, these questions, of course, make you think of your own, not, of course, a thousand percent not naming names, but like people that you've encountered that maybe have mm -hmm. been in charge of you at some point in your life in policing, not in policing. We all encounter people like this that 
you know, I mean, sexual harassment is, I mean, just go, that's a grievance all day long. I, I wouldn't fuck with that. Like that's, you deserve to be able to go to work and, uh, feel safe and feel comfortable and not deal with that bullshit. There's no way that's a thousand percent. I would take care of that the way that you need to take care of it. And if it's your Sergeant, then go to your Lieutenant. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even mess around with that. If, if, if it's, you know, other things that you don't like, um, I once had a Sergeant that was really just kind of, erratic behavior I would say and like really like I never knew what to expect from them um one day I felt like like we were cool the next day it was like you know and then it just kind of like spiraled into like watching this person kind of climb the ladder into lieutenant and 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 like their behavior never changed um and eventually, honestly, I just confronted them. I asked to have a meeting and I said, you know, respectfully, um, I'm really confused about what I'm, what, if anything, I'm doing wrong. I'm happy to have constructive criticism. I want to be the best officer that I can be. I said, but it's really confusing when you're not explaining that to me and you're just treating me a certain type of way. Um, I was really clear and really um just I don't know like I, I kind of like setting the expectation I guess like kind of we talked about earlier like what is it that you want me to be doing this is what I'm receiving from you I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with that um because right now it just feels like you don't like me it feels personal and I don't know if I'm receiving that wrong if I'm doing something wrong as at my job please tell me what that is and you know if someone doesn't like you as a person, like that's that's on them. That's not on you. But the, the they actually said to me, you know, like, yeah, communication is something I'm working on, and da da da, whatever, whatever. Like, it was weird. It kind of, I mean, I don't know. And I think even that, like, you toe the line of like, is this gonna backfire? But I just didn't care. I think at some point you just decide like you don't care, and you just. I think it depending on what the situation is if it's if it's sexual harassment or if it's like things where you don't feel safe at work like I would definitely um take the first approach that I said if it's other things that are just like bothering you whether it's just your coworker or command staff or whatever I've found I for me I like to just directly address it because I don't like feeling weird about things I don't like things like I mean these are the people you work with that like are supposed to be able to like save your life if you need to, you know, you don't have to be good friends, but like you, you could clear the air. And sometimes it's a matter of just deciding, like, I'm going to be the bigger person and this is going to suck, but I'm going to do it anyways. Because at the end of the day, like you kind of take your power back by saying something. Yes. I like that. And I, I hope for most, did that, like, how did that resolve? Like, did that, did you get any resolution from doing that? Yeah. I mean, shortly after that, it was, I have got medically retired, but I mean that not secondary to that, but like, yeah, I, yeah, it was, he kind of like laid off me. He heard me and whether or not he made excuses or agreed with me or not, it was like, I got to say what I needed to say. And I felt mm -hmm. some type of like peace with that, that I wasn't like hanging on to that. Um, 
Because, like, it's that's the thing, right? Like, if other people want to put their shit onto you, but, like, you make the choice to continue to carry it or not, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Because, I mean, I'm glad that that was at least a decent resolution for you. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in my experience, I think the, well, at least the one time I can think I tried to do that, it didn't go very well. But it happens, I guess. What do you think? Is hard. What, do, what do you think if you could have done differently? Um, if anything. So- yeah, the sergeant I'm thinking of, it was one of those things. Um, it was my first, it was my rookie year. Granted, I had experience going into that agency, so it was just my rookie year at that agency. Um, mm-hmm. But I had had, the, I had, had a communicate, I had had a conversation with him asking him what his expectations were of me. Um, because I'm like, like you said, like I'm a very coachable person. Like I that's want how it should be. <laughs> yeah. Cause I want like the constructive feedback. Um, I'm not going to fight you on something. If you're like, Hey, I would like to see you do more of X. I'm gonna be like, okay, great. Just tell me. Like, I'm not going to fight you on it. Um, so we left that conversation very vague, um, because I was like, what are your expectations? What do you want to see? Um, it was one of those things where I kind of like you, I love that you do the crisis negotiation stuff because like, I, I literally, it sucked. I got into it for like two months before I left the department. So <laughs> kind of not really got in there but at the time I was like I want to do crisis negotiations you know um those are very well integrated with SWAT teams because you all get called out to do the same job um he was a SWAT guy and at the time kind of stared stared talked down his nose at me when I mentioned anything regarding SOT um I don't know if that was because he had 20 years on and it was one of more of an old school thinking guy he was kind of slightly socially awkward too so it was one of those people you were like are you being an asshole or are you just being incredibly awkward right now so you couldn't really tell (laughs) um but he didn't give me any expectations and then a couple months later we got into the middle of working covid and they're like don't stop a car basically only respond to anything that's in progress and then it was why aren't you stopping cars well nobody ever told me i need to go out and stop cars so don't expect me to do something you never told me to do because i'm just supposed to inherently know what you want me to do yeah so literally the next day he's like we want more um more like stopping cars and like warrant arrests like they want more like city warrant arrests which of course at the time I was like I don't know I'm not a city cop I guess I couldn't wrap my brain around taking somebody to jail over like driving under suspension but that's what they wanted um so sure enough expired tag warrant boom done hooked go to the jail I get a text from hey good job thanks we're shooting at fish in a barrel here like (laughs) you know like I nothing against people who go out and find good stops and stuff but I'm like it's not incredibly hard to arrest to do it to affect a warrant arrest in my mind yeah. so it was one of those things I guess the whole shift was laughing they're like what is she she's a slug she doesn't stop cars da, 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 da. well no I don't I don't go out and look at stop cars because that's not my niche that's not the thing that like I will do it if you ask me to do it but that was not something I like I enjoyed doing necessarily like I enjoyed working with domestic violence calls and the protective orders and the stuff that required like here's resources to go help yourself like I'm going to do my best I can to help you but that's what I enjoyed with my impact of like working with crime victims and like trying to like stuff like that was what I enjoyed doing which was take your calls and work your calls well which is what I prided myself in and then they were like well you're supposed to know as a rookie you're supposed to be stopping cars well okay don't make me guess it was it was one of those deals but I like that you had at least somebody that was responsive to to what you said and hopefully that's that's what you're looking for too yeah I mean I wouldn't say it was responsive but like in all honesty at that point I didn't really care because I do think he like lessened up like a little bit but also it wasn't I think that was the response right he kind of gave me an a little bit of a non-response like a kind of yeah you know whatever 
But like it was kind of a BS answer, but also like I was like, okay, whatever. I would it felt I think honestly for me, it felt really good saying that and not just letting him continue to behave in a way that like you expect like a 12-year-old to behave and call it out. But like in a way where it's like, hey, I'm happy to hear whatever it is that you have to tell me. I know you have a lot of wisdom. But, you know, and like I I, I want to learn from that. But when you're just yelling at me or like calling me off calls, do like running around all like crazy, doing all this random shit, like I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing here. So it's the same thing. It's like that. What is the expectation? So like if you don't know what the expectation is, tell someone that like ask them to be clear with you. I even I first asked like my sergeant and he was he literally said he was like, I don't know what his problem is with you. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm glad, like, my whole shift was like, what'd you do? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know. I was born a girl, I guess. That's the problem. I don't know. But he decided he decided he had a thing for me and he wasn't, wasn't into it. So, you know. Well, that too, I think when you don't have expectations, it creates a lot of anxiety. At least it did. It did for me. I mean, it's, it's affected my husband in a similar way too, of like when you when you're constantly worried about doing the wrong thing because you don't know what the right thing is because it changes all the time. You're like, yeah, it's like it's a a uphill battle, right? Like, let's just be clear about whatever it is that you want. I'm going to do my best within reason. And like, that's it. But tell, I would tell him to try to be, try to be direct. Don't just put up with that shit and roll over about it. And if someone gets upset with you about it, like that may happen. You may not have the best outcome, but at the end of the day, for me, it felt really freeing to like be able to say what I wanted to say. And I think I said it pretty well, you know, it was still respectful. I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm down for constructive criticism, but I don't know what this is. I don't know what your expectation is for me. Can you show me where I could be doing better? Yeah. Yeah. I like that approach a lot. That's awesome. That's cool. I love that you brought that up because I think especially women, like I know, like you mentioned, like trying to report sexual harassment. It was for me, it was it was the same thing. Like I was female rookie. It was another sergeant that was a male. And I was like, I'm going to like laugh this off and brush over. It was a text message. He kind of like towed the line with it. But it was basically inappropriate, like inappropriate advances of like hitting on me and things like that. But it's tough. And I've got another female that I'm coaching right now that's kind of in the same situation where she's got less than two years on and it's, and it's another male sergeant that's being inappropriate with her. And it's, it's so tough to want to try to report that and knowing that like, it's going to be another like target on your back essentially, because you're causing ruffles and the system that's been allowed for so long. And you're the first person to like speak up and go against the grain, so to speak, even though when you have like every right to do so. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because when you get on to like as if I mean I really don't like being like pulling like the cut like oh there's we're we're oppressed and there's less of us like whatever but really like it is like that you know like it it is like that the, I mean no matter what department you go there's way less women I don't care if you're in the city or if you're in the country it's probably even worse but uh I mean it sucks because on top of already people probably having like misconceptions around your strength or your willingness to engage in a fight or your whatever it is it's like on top of that like if you have any type of problem and bring it up it's like you're the fucking problem but really like 
No, it's like you're the problem for doing this and no one's called you out on this behavior. And I know, I mean, I don't know because I haven't been in that specific situation. Um, but I remember when I first got on in 2012, they were like, Thora, like, and this was before, this was, he liked me at this point. He wasn't, hadn't turned into being a dick yet. He was like, no matter, no, since you're a female, no matter what, just remember, like, if there's a fight, at least like jump on a leg. And I'm like, do you remember, like, I just went to the same six month academy as everyone else and have the same, you know, um, training. Yeah, I'm, that's fine. I'm happy. This is not going to be my first fight. It won't be my last fight. Like, that's fine. But like, so you're, you are, you're already at like, kind of, you feel internally at a, at a disadvantage and you're like, fuck, I don't want to have to say anything about this. Like, but also this isn't, this really sucks that I have to go to work and like, see this person. And this is awkward. Like, has she tried to like directly say anything to him? Like cut the shit or like, like, has she tried any of that or is she just not? No. I mean, I would say that first I'd be like, cut the shit. Like I, this, what you're doing is not appropriate because part of it is for me. And I know this is giving people way too much benefit of the doubt, but in general in life, I think if people are, Maybe sexual harassment shouldn't be included in the statement. Um, but if people are behaving in like a way that like I don't like um, in my personal life that I have to deal with all the time, I'm not talking about like people on calls because really that's that's just typical, right? Everybody. But yeah. if you have like you, your husband's doing something and or your sisters or whoever, somebody in your life is doing something and you're not particularly a fan of it and Maybe it's the way that they're expressing their opinion about something, or maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. I always say, like, have you tried talking to the person? Because until we tell someone what our expectation is, hey, you're doing this all the time and like, or you're saying this and this, I don't, this makes me super uncomfortable or I don't like how this is coming out. Um, I'd appreciate it. Like, like you need to cut the shit, you know, you don't have to be nice about it, but if it's your husband, you might want to be. But, you know, like, hey, you keep doing this and, you know, whatever. Give people the opportunity to change is the point. Once you tell them, then you're giving them the opportunity to do something different. And then what they do with that is I how I take my next steps. Like, if, if they've heard me, they've received it, I've told them and they don't change. Well, now you fucked up and I told you and now we're going to, this is going up a level. You know, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt that, like, maybe they're just dumb or maybe they're just, like, in that moment, like, whatever it was I mean you know give someone the opportunity to change um I know for me it's been important in relationships you know have give people even myself I've said and done stuff where I'm like oh yeah okay I didn't realize that that came off that way that's something I want to work on yeah I love that I think that's great that's great advice for really like not even just women in law enforcement but anybody that it's like newer doesn't want to make waves like it's tough to communicate with other superiors too, of like trying to bring something to their attention. Cause you're like half terrified. They're going to take it the wrong way, which yeah. I guess that's on them. If you're trying to be as respectful as possible, you know? Um, Cause I had that too. I mean, I, I think our personalities are similar in the fact we like to challenge people. I've done that before where I've asked the sergeant a question. And I think again, the way he, I guess his level of insecurity with himself, I assume, um, the question came off as a challenge to him when really yeah. it was more of me, me trying to understand something. Um, and then he just got petty with it after that. But 
it's it's tough to work on that, but I, I love that advice. So with what you do, um, do you work one-on-one -on -one with people or is it mainly just with departments and organizations? Yeah, so the the like wellness checks are individual, right? So those would just be us sitting down, having a conversation. And then um, the, the trainings and stuff I've done uh, with my partner, um, Artie, who he's in the street outreach unit currently in Boston. And um, him and I do some, some trainings together. Okay, cool. So, I mean, if anybody, would you just work with people in Massachusetts or would you be able to like consult, like kind of like over zoom or how would you, or do you do that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm debating, I'm debating that that's a work that's, that's in, that's a thought bubble for now, but I got gotcha. yeah. <laughs> maybe, okay. but I'm happy, but I'm happy currently now to, um, I've had a lot of people reach out from, uh, maybe for themselves or for someone they know and just say, Hey, can you guys provide? And so I'll either do it on my own, look it up and send them a message. Or if I don't know, say there's some, someone from your area, I may say, put it, Hey, are you comfortable with me putting this out to the group? to gather more resources, obviously anonymously. Um, and people have been really receptive and helpful to that. I know there's been several times over the past few months that that's happened. And cool. it's cool to watch people come together too. Cause it's like everything we read and everything we say, you know, about all the stigma, but it's like, you know, people really do want to help each other out and people really do want things to change and want like the best for each other. So not that I want people to be like reaching out or struggling, but it's nice to see when people are brave enough to do that, how many people kind of rally around that person. Yes, absolutely. I've seen that happen a couple of times within my Facebook group. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So cool. Well, last thing, if you could give like any one tip that comes to mind for anybody dealing, maybe being proactive or just how to, I guess, help maintain mental health while working in law enforcement, what would it be? I'd say like, take care of yourself. Um, and for me and you, I think both that's physically and mentally, right. There's many different pillars to wellness, right. There's like mental health, health, physical, spiritual, professional, whatever, you know, it's a whole host. We could keep going, but, um, you know, policing and law enforcement and corrections and fire and, dispatch and everything it's so stressful it's chaotic it's like it's unpredictable so like do the things that you can control um empower yourself in the ways that you can and don't don't wait until it feels like it's too late you know it doesn't have to be like oh my god I was just involved in a shooting and now you know like it just it doesn't have to get to that level I think we just we just like wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and like things aren't that bad and then like your partner or your kid or somebody says something weird to you and it's just like the, the thing I put up today you know it's like then like you just freak out you know because it turns out there were so many other things inside there um so I think yeah taking care of your physical health for sure directly affects your mental health and your that's a lot of the stuff that you're helping people with and you know and then also just being brave enough to be like you know what maybe things aren't horrible. Maybe I don't need to like go impatient somewhere, but also like 
maybe I could be a little bit lighter. Maybe I could be a little bit happier. Maybe I could be a little less, uh, you know, hypervigilant or things would be easier at home if I kind of just dealt with this stuff. And sometimes you don't even really know until you start doing it um, that you're like, wow, I didn't even, it's like, you ever go get a massage and they're like, oh, what areas hurt? And you're like, oh, like my left shoulder blade. And then all of a sudden they're on like your low back and you're like, holy shit, I didn't even know I had a problem down there. That's like kind of how therapy is, right? Like you're going for like, oh yeah, like my sergeant sucks or whatever. And you're talking about it. And then all of a sudden you're like talking about a death you went to like five years ago. And then you're like, oh, also like my partner pissed me off at home. And like, before you know it, like there's so many things that you're kind of like unraveling to become, I think more so like your favorite version of yourself, you know, and people around you start to feel it, but mostly I think internally you feel it. So I think just be brave enough to like take those steps um, for yourself. It'll help you in, in the long run. Absolutely. I love that. Where is the best place to find you? If somebody wants to reach out to you, find some resources or just maybe chat with you about something they've got going on. Yeah. I'd say the Instagram for sure. People send a lot of messages on there. Um, and if you want, you could go to the website, um, 50mentalhealth.com and it's the five dash zero. And then, um, the email is just my name. So Laura at 505-0mentalhealth.com is going to be the email. So any of those three places. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Well, or they thank can you tell so much. you or you can tell me, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always forward people if they, to you if I need to. Perfect. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Laura. I appreciate it. I hope um, whoever's listening to this has some takeaways that they can use and hopefully yeah. improve their mental health and their career. Perfect. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. All right.